Welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. This is Knowing Is Half the Podcast with a very special live-ish episode. We are talking about G.I. Joe Finds Your Fate, book number one, Operation Star Raider. We're going to be doing a choose-your-own-adventure G.I. Joe book from 1985 here on the show with a few of our Patreon patrons. Get excited. I am Race Decanus. I'm Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ibolito. And we are joined by two of our patrons right here who have decided to join us on this lovely Sunday afternoon. Uh, introduce guys, say hello when I call out your names, but we have Brian Rapp. Hello. And we have Channing Sherman, who's been mentioned on the show before as the only person in the world who knows how to tweet at us correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Joe. I will, I will say, when I heard that it was you two in the waiting room, I actually said, oh, our best patrons, because they're the two that follow the rules. That's also Ryan true. Rap follow also the follows the rules uh, uh, and have also never, like, tweeted anything weird at any of us. <laughs> Here's the thing. And if there's anything this podcast is known for, it's following the rules. <laughs> Thank you. 100%. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, uh, see, you heard it right there. We are rule followers. We believe that they exist for a reason, and that reason is to keep us safe. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Operation Star Raider. Now, this was written by Eric Affaby, which, uh, as we all know from a previous episode, is not a real person. <laughs> that is a pseudonym of a writer who did not want their name to appear on a G.I. Joe Finds Your Fate book, so he did a Monty Python reference, Eric the Affaby, as his name for this. And Eric Affaby has written a few of these find your fate books. So we keep that in mind who, who that actually is. I mean, it's not RL Stein. That's the only answer I have there, you know? So this is opera. This is book number one. If I can read some of the back to just get us prepared here, you are a member of the GI Joe team. You must protect a scientist visiting the defense department and keep his new secret weapon out of Cobra's hands. Live the adventure. And what we have on the cover here is we have Roadblock sticking his hand up, being like, I'm going to punch you. And then we have Blowtorch right next to him saying, I wish I had uh, more potatoes, Faith and Begora. And we have the Baroness, for whatever reason, hanging out with the two of them on the cover. Um Pretty close. So maybe Roadblock's trying to punch the Baroness. I don't know. He's missing her by a good yard and a half. Well, maybe he's like jumping and he's going to come down, you know, with the shot. But she's not even looking. She looks like she's checking. She looks like she's honestly checking her phone in this picture. Yeah, yeah, that seems right. She's not paying attention. Baroness, he's right there. Uh, if what her phone were a rifle. Well, I mean, I assume it's Cobra. They have a rifle on the back. Of, they have like a phone on the back of their rifle. Ooh, I would join the army for that. Yeah, you could like check your tweets at the same time as you're, you know, shooting people. <laughs> is that yeah. how it works? Yes. Yes, it is. So the back cover of Operation Star Raider, the G.I. Joe team must protect a top level nuclear scientist in Operation Star Raider. Your code name is Wise Guy. So that's us because you are able to think fast and make snap decisions under pressure. Snake Eyes, Spirit, Blowtorch and Ripcord, not, not Roadblock for some reason, are among the Joes in your outfit. Your assignment to keep Dr. Newton Fitzsimmons, hmm, there you go, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ref, everybody, 30 years too early. <laughs> uh, 
Dr. Newton Fitzsimmons safe while he visits the U.S. De de Defense Department with the plans for his new nuclear anti-missile device called the Star Raider. You are to meet the great scientist at a New York airport and transport him safely to Washington, D.C. You must make sure no one can get to him, especially Cobra. Will you live up to your nickname? You begin to wonder when you see a Cobra helicopter circling in the sky, and that's only the beginning. Hungry wolves, the Cobra Crimson Guard, and even a very unusual dog will test your shrewdness. Wait, what? This, this is what it says on the back cover. The three <laughs> things you have to worry about are hungry wolves, yes. Cobra uh, uh, Crimson, Crimson Guard, Guard. And a very unusual dog. And even a very unusual dog. Look, you don't know in what way that dog is unusual. Maybe it's a it's a man raping dog. And in oh that God. case, it is the it is the worst of those three things that you need to look out for. The word unusual could mean a lot of things. Maybe that dog is going to steal your identity and, and like drain your bank account. You don't know. Also, he's testing your shrewdness, Chan. So perhaps, you know, you need to haggle the price of a good with him. Oh, that is terrible. I'm really bad at haggling. That's why I don't go to downtown L.A. to no. Santi Alley. So that if I did meet an unusual dog who haggled with me, that I would be torn because I love dogs, but I hate haggling. But Gina, wouldn't this be your perfect companion, though, as a dog? Because then they could like make up for a need that you don't have. Oh, he haggles for me. Yeah, I would assume if he's shrewd. Yes, yeah, you're right. Like OK, this is the greatest book ever situation. written. <laughs> hey, what, Chan? It's a Priceline.com situation. The dog <laughs> is the, the kayak of dogs or something. <laughs> he's, he's being voiced by one of the other members of Star Trek. That's right. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, it says here, wise guy, do your best to make the right strategic decisions as you find your fate. Shrewd dog. So Shrewd dog. Uh, a final bit of text here before we launch into it. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. The under, uh, welcome to the pit. You got to have the intro. Ooh. Uh, the underground headquarters of the G.I. Joes is your new home. That's because you are about to become the newest member of the G.I. Joe team. Your code name, Wise Guy. Your major talent, <laughs> to think fast and make wise decisions under pressure. Your assignment, strategy specialist. That just sounds like a bullshit like job they come up for for like former senators. Yeah. To make like yeah. five million dollars being a consultant in a place they don't even show up to, right? No, former senator's kid. Oh, or thank it's you. A, or it's yeah. an improv scene that like among people that don't know anything about actual jobs. Okay. I'm a business guy. Yeah. I do the business stuff. Jane, you got something you want to add here? Yeah, yeah, just to follow up on Chan, I think some senator's nephew just wanted to be in G.I. Joe <laughs> and he pulled oh. some strings. Oh, yeah, you're to that's totally what happened. I think this makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. And then so, everyone else is like, so how long were you in uh, special ops training for? And he's like, oh, uh, a week. What about you? Oh, five years. Uh, five I years, can, 20 I missions. Kill a man with my tongue. What about you? Oh, I just uh, get the thing. Ordered some coffee. So his code name is Wise Guy, but I assume that his uh, his real name is like uh, Gabriel Cruz. I just assume <laughs> this is Ted Cruz's nephew. Um, yeah, it's probably a safe bet. So now that's what I'm going to be picturing for the rest of this book. Thanks. It's going to be weird, though, when things go south and it asks us, do you want to go to Cancun? <laughs> so, I mean, the answer will be yes, because we got to play in character, right? This is a role playing game. 
Uh, okay, read the directions at the bottom of each page and make your decision about what to do next. If you make the right decisions, the team will score a triumph over the evil forces of Cobra, and you will be recognized as a hero. If you make the wrong choices, you'll wish you'd never join the team, Gabriel Cruz. Okay, wait, Chan just got some uh, some toys. So uh -oh, I don't Chan toy got delivery. He got a space space jam toys. A uh, Lola Bunny. Yeah. Now which I is, want a happy meal. Uh honestly kind of wait a minute. Does this do a thing? The 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 <gasps> basketball goes into her ears. That's, That's cool. It. it just sits okay. there. Wait, well, you, you, you don't flick it and it flicks forward? Can no. No, toys are for adults. Thank you. Learn your place, child. <laughs> Uh, for those at home who couldn't see that, because this is an audio medium, uh, that was a Lola bunny with overly sized gigantic bunny ears, but curved and shaped in a way that you could put a giant basketball in them and it like flings around. Does it like throw the ball? No, it, apparently it? it doesn't do anything. It just holds them. And also I'm calling it now. There's going to be some perverted dude that puts his nutsack in her little bunny ears. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Lola. Yeah. Bunny. Get that visual in your noggins. Now I'm just sad because I know for a fact it's not just one guy. It's going to be a lot of them. Uh, How is Gina the most inappropriate one? How? <laughs> we ask ourselves these questions, Channing, all the time. For six years now. I'm just the only one with the courage to say what we're all thinking. Oh Someone's God. nuts are going on those toy ears. Man, they gave us two Lola bunnies. Yeah, I tried it. They don't. I think they only have one. No. One for each nut. One for each nut. <laughs> oh no! Everything is upsetting right now. All right, here's the deal. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna start the book now. When this book was, you know, they say uh, check out other Find Your Fate books, and there's only two listed: Operation Star Raider and Dragonfire. So you know they didn't have all twenty planned out at this point. And do you That's own pretty... those other two books? I do. Yes. Well, Star Raider, literally, Gina is the one we're reading right now. So I don't know why it says check out other G.I. Joe books. For example, the book you're already reading. It's an interesting take. Uh, Eric Affaby, bless you, whoever you are. Um, it's got to be Stephen King, right? It's got to be. It's mm -hmm. Stephen King. Yeah. He writes everything that just everything that, uh, other than Harry Potter. <laughs> everything but Harry. And, and, and you know My what? My money's on Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz. Oh, oh, I like if it. If there's religious undertones and a dog in it, it's 100% Dean Koontz. You know what? I've changed my opinion. I do believe this book was written by L. Ron Hubbard. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there right now. This is the prequel to Dianetics. Yeah. I mean, um, this this book is going to help me go clear, right? Yeah. I, I wondered why they were so available at the, uh, the stress test center. They just had like a whole uh, rack of Operation Star Raider right there at the front of the plaza. I don't know. It's... Um, anyway, so the opening part of this does involve a little bit of text, so I'm going to blaze through our intro as fast as possible. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we're not going to press X to skip to, to skip cutscene. That's not <laughs> as much as we would all love to. So here we go. Can't you move any faster, Ripcord? What's your problem? Did you jump out of too many airplanes without a parachute? Blowtorch gives Ripcord a playful shove as you follow a group of Joes through the armored corridor. Where's the fire, Blowtorch? Ripcord replies, shoving him back. The other G.I. Joes laugh. You're walking th through the second level of the pit towards the briefing room. It's 0600 hours on a Sunday morning, and you can understand why your fellow G.I. Joes are a bit edgy. Why is Duke, your sergeant, called a briefing session at this hour? It must be important. 
You enter the low-ceilinged room and take your places around the long table. There are seven of you waiting in silence for Duke to enter. Hey, uh, I smell smoke, Mutt cries, jumping up from his seat. What's burning in here? And we have a picture of all the Joes uh, around the room, around the table. You guys see that? Yeah. Go. Smells like burning rubber, Airtight says, with a peculiar grin on his face. It's my boot, Mutt cries. He begins stamping <laughs> his foot trying to put out the fire airtight you idiot this is no time for your stupid practical jokes 6 a.m on a sunday morning getting woken out of bed to get the hot foot i'd be pissed yeah his practical joke is he sets people on fire yeah that was a very common joke in the 80s you set people on fire. (laughs) Look, the 80s were a different time gina I mean, sounds, I, I would like this time, I feel like. Oh, all right. Fair. This Hard is a point hear. in favor of Stephen King being the writer. <laughs> <laughs> um, Airtight falls off his chair laughing. The other G.I. Joes are laughing, too, mainly because it didn't happen to them. Welcome to 1980s humor in a nutshell. Blowtorch doesn't laugh. Fire is not a joking matter to him. No. Oh. Mutt angrily leaps at airtight, but Snake Eyes pulls him back with a simple flick of the wrist. You mustn't play jokes on Mutt, you tell airtight, who is still laughing. Mutt spends so much time with dogs, he's likely to bite your leg. You're right. He gave his own mother rabies. Airtight shoots back. Wow. Everyone laughs, even Spirit. Wow. Who usually disapproves of rowdiness, but the laughter stops immediately when Duke enters the briefing room. Time to get serious, guys, he says, rubbing a hand slowly through his short blonde hair. I've got a small job for you. What's the Wait mission? a minute. They yep. w- what? Rubbing a hand through his short blonde hair? Rubbing his <laughs> hand. Not, 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 not blonde short hairs, Chan. That's a different. That's totally different. It still sounds like porn. His short blonde <laughs> hair. I mean, his hair is not long and it is blonde. These are accurate descriptions. Why do we need to know about him rubbing his hair? Look, this is called this is called bonus information. It's called uh, great, setting the scene, Chan. Yeah. If you were a great writer like the uh, uh, Eric Affabies of the world, I think you would understand why that's important, Chan. I shouldn't have to tell you. I really hope that dude goes to Applebee's a lot and always makes the joke to his like really tired waitress. That like he'll be like ah, Applebee's at an Applebee's again. You get it, and then she like goes back and it's just like tells the cook like God that guy is here again, the guy that keeps making the Applebee's Applebee's joke. What do I do? And they're like just 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 smile and bring him his teriyaki wings. I mean, to be fair, those teriyaki wings are delicious. <laughs> I will say, spit right in the now. ranch, spit in the ranch. I dare you. <laughs> Duke switches on the slide projector and a face appears on screen. It's the face of a man with wavy white hair, piercing blue eyes, and a short cropped white mustache. The man is dressed in a long white lab coat. This is Dr. Newton Fitzsimmons, Duke says. He is an Australian scientist. Good day. And this is Dr. Fitzsimmons' invention. He clicks to the next slide. It shows a small red metal device. It doesn't look like much, does it? But it's a heavy-duty machine. What is it exactly, Sarge? You ask. It's called the Star Raider. Well, we have a title. It's a nuclear anti-missile device, Duke answers. It can be launched from any kind of space satellite. You better believe the boys of the Pentagon are real eager to see how this little beauty works. And that's where we come in. We're going to uh, borrow it from the scientist, says Airtight. (laughs) That's too simple, Duke says. We're not going to steal it. 
I wouldn't need you guys for that. Wow, dis. No, it seems that the Defense Department has agreed, has invited Dr. F to Washington. He's agreed to fly here and bring his plans for the Star Raider to show to the big boys at the Pentagon. <sighs> and our job, you ask? Our job is to protect Dr. F. They're already tired of saying Dr. Fitzsimmons. They, they, they've already <laughs> abandoned it completely. Our job is to protect Dr. F during his visit to the U.S., Duke says. You see, I've left out one little detail. Cobra. It seems knows about the Star Raider, and Cobra also knows about the doctor's visit to Washington. My guess is they'll try something, anything, to get those plans for themselves. You look around the table at the G.I. Joe team that will be about you for, that will be with you for this mission. Snake Eyes, the silent master of the martial arts, Ripcord, the paratrooper, Blowtorch, the fire expert, Spirit, the soldier with the special skills of a Native American medicine man. Oh no. No, airtight, whose specialty is chemical warfare and whose hobby is practical jokes, and Mutt, the feisty dog handler. Wait a second, chemical warfare. Yes. First of all, if that's your specialty, you're you're a terrible, terrible person. But I like that they I like that they even it out with like and practical jokes. Oh, this guy, he likes dropping, he likes dropping really horrible chemicals on a city, and maybe they'll splash on the kids. But when people complain (laughs) about it, he's like, whoopsie, I like the jokes. Still better than spirits description, though. (laughs) You know what? Ten times better. Uh, you know, I think that they they made this lineup the same way you would if you like wrecked the car in high school and you had to tell mom and dad about it. It's like, okay, so me and my friends, we went out and then we saw a movie, right? And then we went by <laughs> McDonald's drive-thru and got some Happy Meals. And then we, you know, we 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 hit a wall and broke the entire front half of the car. But then I like spilled my <laughs> McDonald's. Can you believe it? Like I spilled my chocolate shake all over the floor. Anyway, I got to get out of here. Like that's <laughs> that's how I feel they worked in the chemical warfare. <laughs> of the GI <laughs> here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this didn't test well. Bury it. Bury it. Bury it. Put, put the dog last. They'll remember the dog. <laughs> um, Duke presents you with two different plans for protecting Dr. Fitzsimmons. All right, team, we're getting ready here. Uh, and his invention is strategy specialist for the team. You will have to decide the plan to put into operation. Let's go to page four and we're going to read it. Oh, jeez. Okay, guys. Full page per plan. Here we go. I told you there's a lot of reading at the beginning. It's the most exercise Ray has gotten in years. I'm sweating. I am literally <laughs> winded right now. Why is Ray the one who's doing the reading? When Because my voice is magical. <laughs> Chan, when you drop 25 bucks for one of these books, you can do the reading. 25 Listen, bucks? This one might not have been 25 bucks, but some of them were. Dude, these are the cheap ones. I only bought the low-hanging fruit, Chan. The ones I might have to go after next are like 60 bucks. I just want you to know. Yes. I'm not muted. My mouth is just a gape, and there are no <laughs> words to describe how I'm feeling about the fact that you spent 25 bucks on that book. I don't think this one was honestly, I do, I don't have it in front of me, but I don't think this one was 25. I think this one was closer to 10. Um, but it did cost $2.50 when it first came out. The problem is some of the later ones are so hard to find that people put them online for egregiously large amounts of money. Channing, what you got for me? Ray, I don't wish this on you, but this was brought up in another podcast. If you ever get divorced, I think we found the reason why. No. And That's can what I, I'm saying. Just made this point before. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, you know, we, we go in front of the, we go in front of like the, the court 
And then my wife would just pull out G.I. <laughs> Joe Find Your Fates 1 through 20 and says, need I say more? Yes. And then the judge just bangs his gavel and walk. It literally leaves the chamber. He's like, I've seen enough. Yeah. And then she's like, also, his co-hosts keep tagging me in, in posts about ovipositors. And, okay, now that is too much. Pokemon porn. I'm a school teacher, for God's sakes. <laughs> Plot twist. The judge is the ghost writer who wrote those books. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Judge Affaby and his <laughs> honorable court. I look at that and I'm like, I might have a chance here. I would I would like to make a statement before I deliver my judgment. Now, while while I am understanding of marital issues, I think that we can all agree on one thing. This is the greatest book that's ever been written. <laughs> no price you, is too high to pay for the works of the esteemed honorable Judge Affaby. Are you rubbing your hand through your short cropped blonde hair? <laughs> Look, I mean, all of this holds up, quite frankly. If, <laughs> if I found out that the person who wrote this book is now a judge 35 years later, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. I think so. Yeah. Good for Mr. Affaby, who likes to go to Applebee's. We're literally enough bigger TGI Fridays fan. You know, you, <laughs> you wish it wouldn't be that way, but here we are. You know? you know, it makes sense. That's where I used to work. So, see? TGI. I never knew you worked at TGI. We're learning I things in this. I feel like I brought it up a lot. I was a hostess at TGI Fridays during the period of time where it was after the movie came out where they were making fun of Flair. So they had us in they office had us space. In, the movie in, is office space. Button up. Nobody's heard of that movie. Okay. It's not like they play it at every baseball game ever, oh right? Uh, uh, but they had us wear button up blue shirts and ties instead of the flare because they were embarrassed. And then at some point, because we kept wearing wacky ties, they got embarrassed of that and had to switch to all black with a splash of red because TGI Fridays is classy as fuck. TGI Fridays in Parsippany, New Jersey. <laughs> so, guys, if you live in the greater New Jersey tri-state area, I think it's time to hit up the Parsippany. Parsippany. They, they I, might still have my employee of the month plaque up there. Okay, here's the deal. I need now. Now it's become a need. If <laughs> any of our listeners live anywhere near this place in New Jersey, <laughs> you need to find the TGI Fridays and try to find employee of the month Gina Ippolito picture from from what year now? Uh oh, that's 2019. <laughs> yeah, it was last week. Just look uh, at the wackiest tie. It was. It was probably around. 2000, 2001, 2000, 2001. Okay. Yeah. Now here's the deal. People you're listening to this right now. <laughs> One of you has to live in this area, at least close enough to take a day trip to this TGI Fridays and ask them where the employee of the month placards can be found. And then if you need bail, we have a Patreon. We will help you. We will help you get out of jail when you're arrested and taken out of there. We'll send We're you trying a shirt. To force your, what we'll, get, we'll send you a shirt. No, no. I mean, we won't pay bail. I'll send you a T-shirt and maybe, you know what? I've got an extra Find Your Fate book. I got doubles of one of them because that happens sometimes. <laughs> you, you spend forget, $25 on a book that Listen. you already have. <laughs> Listen, it was a package deal. I was getting several at once and, and it happened to get a double in there. And and Listen. Listen, I'm tired of your tired of your judgment, Chan. I will spend my money how I want to. I'm a high-powered, unemployed video game <laughs> person. This is this is all very exciting, Brian. You is it have possible you want to, to divorce you, Ray? Is it possible for me to divorce <laughs> you? Probably. I think you have to look at the books as an investment. And, Thank and someday, you. when Ray wants to retire, he can he can sell these books and make 
dozens of dollars back on them. Thank yeah. you. Look, yeah, these I'm books are enough. truly the Princess Diana of Beanie Babies uh, of of appreciable toys. No, <laughs> no, no. All of us, I'm pretty sure, lived through the years where we thought that our number one of young blood was going to uh, get us through our tw- uh, Twilight years, and <laughs> we know better. We it, know. It better. really does disappoint me that my full and complete set of NFL Super Pro isn't probably going to be the big meal ticket I wish it was. I'll just put that out there. You're looking anyway. at a guy with a complete run of Dreadstar, including all of the epic illustrated issues. Oh, boy. And, uh, you know, what can I say? It's Chan, there's no reason to ever work again. You're taken care of. What are we talking long, about? right? Long, That's it. All four issues of the Bayou Billy comic book oh, that boy. accompanied the Nintendo system. I remember the ads for that game when they were on TV with the, I don't, I, I want to believe that man was Australian, but something tells me deep down he was not. Um, uh, Chan, can you find us a sound poll of the Bayou Billy advertisement no. for the eighties Nintendo game, please go ahead and just set that up. Like, wait, I, I'm yes. surprised. It's for OG Nintendo because I, yeah. as you know, I still have my OG Nintendo and a lot of games, well, and that is not a game I own. I know what I'm getting, Gina. <laughs> is it a extra Find Your Fate book? <laughs> um, I actually thought I'd give that away to somebody on the Patreon. Um, I do have an extra one of book number three, Operation Terror Trap, which I do believe we've actually done on the show already with GV McRae, a person who never wrote again, literally has like one writing credit of all time. And it's that book of GI Joe find your fate. So we all think it was an intern uh, or somebody clearly did not want their name on it as well. Why are the RL Stein has no fear. Why do the rest of you shame on you? RL Steins were pretty good though. To be fair. Uh, We agreed on that. Anyway, here we go. Wise guy for your eyes only. Here are two strategies. Plan A, in full view, object to throw Cobra off the track by doing what they'd least expect. Background, Fitzsimmons' plane will land at the Kennedy Airport in New York. He will then be taken to Washington. Fitzsimmons will arrive on parade day in New York City. A giant parade in honor of all other parades is to be held in the city at that time as scheduled. That's amazing. Strategy. A giant parade to honor all other parades? Yes, a giant parade in <laughs> honor of all the other parades. This is a Gina Ippolito scheduled event. I, I, can tell I was going right to say, as someone who loves to celebrate things, yeah. this is right up my alley. Let's have a holiday that just celebrates all the other holidays. <laughs> Look, I'm like, there's a holiday drought right now, as mm-hmm. you guys know from my Facebook holiday group. How dare you? Bastille Day is important. Uh, and Bastille Day is already passed. Thank you very much. Uh, and the next holidays until September. So I got to figure out what to do. And I'm Disagree. over here looking up all Gina. these national donut days, no, national Gina. ice cream days. Why don't we do Ray's birthday in the time of COVID? That's coming up in a couple of weeks. Let's go. Actually, you joke, but I might switch it over to it. Just as a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Here's the deal. Let's do it. Um, okay. Uh, parade day. So the parade's going on strategy. Don't try to hide Dr. Fitzsimmons, have him ride in the parade up fifth Avenue with the mayor in full view of everyone at the end of the parade route. The mayor gets out. The car continues on accompanied by the Joe team who continue on to the meeting place in Washington rationale. Cobra will be totally surprised. Also, it would be next to impossible for Cobra to kidnap Fitzsimmons from an official limo in the middle of a crowded parade. Okay. Okay. That sounds reasonable. Mm-hmm. The plan B is mountain retreat object to get Dr. Fitzsimmons to the most hidden secluded place possible. 
background. Snake Eyes owns a small cabin in the High Sierras, because of course he does, where he goes to escape the world with his pet wolf. It is secret and secluded. As far as it's known, Cobra is not aware of it. Strategy, take Fitzsimmons directly from the plane to this hidden cabin in the mountains. Have the Defense Department officials meet with him there and see his plans, and then immediately fly him back to Australia. Rationale, he could be gotten in and out of the country without Cobra ever knowing where he is. Also, the mountain cabin should be easy to defend against attack if Cobra should happen to locate Dr. Fitzsimmons. Okay, Channing and Brian, I want Snake you to Snake Eyes is fucking that here. wolf. Snake <laughs> Eyes Look, is that's having a- intimate relations with that wolf. Don't spoil the choice they're going to have to make coming <laughs> up, Chad. Oh, yeah. You you walk into the cabin. Snake Eyes is diddling the wolf. Do you say anything? Okay, I'm not. Oh, that's I'm the option. How we get there. Yeah, I thought the option would be whether or not you want to join in. Oh, no, there is a C here. Will you cup your balls with a Lola Bunny McDonald's toy? <laughs> oh, wow. This is timely. Boy, these, you know, Eric Affaby could see the future. Oh, shit. He's a judge. And he likes Applebee's. And he writes books. And he's Stephen King slash Dean Koontz. And he also sees the future. Yeah. Well-traveled, Eric Affaby. Wow. Uh, and Gina, gonna, I yeah. think he's single. I was just <laughs> going to say, I wonder if he'd go on a date with me. This is all my favorite things rolled into one. Oh, oh, he was also one of the soccer players on Ted Lasso. Oh, I'm, I'm sold. He's in now. The problem is you go on your date and then the first thing you say is, so can you get can you get me Brett Goldstein's phone number? <laughs> and it just ends. It goes downhill straight from there. Very sad. So I want Channing and Brian talk me through it. Talk to each other. What should we do? Plan A, the parade or plan B, the mountain retreat? What are you guys thinking right now? Oh, shit. This is like the model UN. You have to come yeah. to a to come to a decision about it. It's something or, really important. Or you always have option C, disagree on what route to go and kick it to Chan and Gina. <laughs> or should I say kick it to Gina? Because we all know Chance is going to defer to whatever Gina has to say. What? Have you met Chan? Um, no, Chan is surly. But Gina, you're very persuasive and we'll talk him into, look, here's the deal. If you guys don't make a choice, we're going to visit the wolf. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now. I already know where we're going, but you guys, you guys can do something different. Let's hear it. I don't know that plan B is a good plan, but plan A is a terrible plan. I don't understand why they can't fly to Washington, D.C. direct. There's an airport named Dulles. It's in Virginia. That's a few miles from the Pentagon, but close enough. Or just fly to a military base. So I don't know who came up with plan A, but routing it through New York and then dealing with a parade about parades just seems like you're asking for trouble. Yeah, but see, I think part of that was it's probably got a lower airfare flying into New York. (laughs) Okay. You know, this is before sites like Kayak and Hotwire. So, you know, they, you know, and then it's government, you know, government's always trying to save a few bucks. I like it. Making a parade about a parade. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things we've ever read. So I would go to that parade. You have floats of other floats. Yes. From other parades. It's literally Thanksgiving, Christmas, Pride, St. Patrick's Day, all in Mm -hmm. one parade. I can think of honestly no better thing to have, quite honest with you. Yeah, I want to see I want to see someone dressed as a gay turkey wearing a Santa hat. Here we go. And honestly, if you're somebody who hates traffic and gridlock, you like this. Get all of those parades done at once. Yeah, that's true. You never have to deal with them again. So I like it. I kind of see it. So here's the deal. You guys think about it for one sec. We're going to cut away to commercial break and we'll be right back with the decision. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Fearing Cobra Commander no longer has the ability to lead, Destro and Dr. Mindbender comb the tombs of the most evil leaders in history and from their genetic tissues produce a composite clone with the military genius of Napoleon, the ruthlessness of Julius Caesar, the daring of Hannibal, and the cunning of Attila the Hun. Behold the ultimate Cobra Emperor, Serpentor. Serpentor, the most evil one, G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe, What happens next? Find out in Marvel Comics. Back to G.I. Joe. And we are back. Now, I hope you guys took the time during that long, extensive commercial break to to figure out where we wanted to go. Talk me through right now. Brian, it seems like you're focused on plan B right now. Do I have that correct? Yeah, but I, I understand people wanting to get involved with this parade. It does. Okay. It does sound pretty enticing. Okay. Uh, uh, so Channing, do you have any strong feelings about this? Could we come to a consensus? I'm team parade one for the entertainment value and two, because I don't know if I'm ready to be involved in a wolf threesome. <laughs> I, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty open-minded guy, but I feel like I don't know if I'm there yet. Interesting. Okay. So Brian, can you go along with the parade then? Yeah, let's let's check out the parade. Let's check out the parade. So we're going to go to page 54. I love a parade. <laughs> hey, nice weather for parade day, you say, as you and the G.I. Joe team roar onto the runway at Kennedy Airport on your turbo cycles. Hey, Blowtorch, what in blazes are you doing with that flamethrower? We were issued automatic pistols for this gig. <laughs> Sue me. I'm an old fashioned kind of guy, Blowtorch replies. You hear a roar above you. It's Ripcord hovering above the runway in an unmarked skycopter. Here comes Dr. F, you say. You see a white-haired man walking down the steps carrying a small gray dog, Gina. You hop off your turbo cycle and run over to the scientist. This way, doctor, we have a car waiting to take you to the parade in the city. Dr. Fitzsimmons smiles. He had been briefed on the plan. This is Franz, he says. Oh, wait. It says Australian. Why is his name Franz? I'm just doing Austrian. What is good day, mate? <laughs> this is Franz. He says, holding the dog up to you. I never go anywhere without Franz. I feel like somebody screwed something up here. <laughs> anyway. Someone saw Austrian and forgot to do the control. This is before control H when they could just go through and change all the uh Austrians to Australian. Yeah, I, I, I said Australian before. Now I want to make sure I didn't screw up. Yeah, I was going to say the most likely option is that Ray screwed up here. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I'm nervous. Oh, no. 
Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Did you get the bookmarks that no, I told you to put go. in? No, of course not. This is Dr. Newton Fitzsimmons, Duke says. He is an Australian scientist. So Eric Affamy, don't give a fuck. That's what I just learned. <laughs> I mean, I want I'm curious to hear what voice you're going to what accent you're going to read it in going forward. With my bad Australian as opposed to my bad Austrian. Look, <laughs> you know, I don't get many chances to do my bad accents on the show. You guys literally <laughs> Uh, 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 had a vote in a very private, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, meeting with me uh, in order to stop me from doing it. You know, you you all had handwritten statements uh, that you wanted to read while tears were in your eyes. Please, uh, no more, no more, no more accents, please. It did get um, added think, to the list of divorce, divorce reasons. Correct. <laughs> and Rhea, I think what you're describing is an intervention that is what I'm looking for, an intervention. <laughs> Look, I knew there was a word, and I couldn't come up with it. Look, it's very hot here in the uh, the beautiful Panorama City Studios, <laughs> with which I am here today. Okay. Uh, uh, a few minutes later, your motorcade, Dr. F and Franz in the back of a stretch limo, surrounded on all sides by G.I. Joes on turbo cycles, speeds down the Grand Central Parkway towards Manhattan. Hey, wait a minute, you say to yourself. What are those men doing on the overpass up there? Oh, shit. You see a group of men carrying some sort of equipment on an overpass above the parkway. <laughs> are those how high-powered rifles they have up there? You have only seconds to act. Should you put your turbo, turbo cycle into overdrive and roar up to the overpass and see what these men are up to? Or should you signal ripcord in the skycopter to investigate? Do we oh, ride up ourselves? Or do we do the skycopter? And I'm glad that I'm glad none of the options were shoot first and ask questions later. No, I, I think that makes too much <laughs> because they know that's what we're going to do every single time. I was I mean, going to unleash blowtorch. Just set them all on fire. Oh, yeah. Imagine driving down. Imagine driving down somewhere and just being like, what are those guys? Oh, they're on fire. All the men on the overpass are on fire now. Oh, my God. This situation (laughs) felt very, um, very familiar to me. uh, This choice. And we've actually done this book before. (laughs) Also, I feel like we should pause and welcome Justin now that we're at a pause point. Well, bring him in. Why not? Let's do it again. We're having fun with it. I was just joining him in. Hi, everybody. Hey, Justin. (laughs) Thank you for hey, Justin, being a part of the show. Can we go back to the part where we've already done this before? Yeah, I, I should have probably looked. I just assumed we hadn't. Um, I didn't want to say anything. God, no, I love it. Damn it. So we've done. Wait, we've done this book before? It yes. sounds really familiar. We've done this book before, but we're going to keep on going. Why? It doesn't, Why? Sound, it doesn't sound familiar to me. It's all new to me. Here's the deal. It's new to Gina. It's quite frankly new to me. I don't remember any of this except for the part I just remembered. <laughs> Um, we've done Operation Deadly Decoy, Weapons Disaster, Terror Trap, I believe, is the first one. Star Raider was the fourth one we did, which is this one. And then Operation, we did Operation Deathstone. I don't remember oh, any of these. How long wait. ago have we done these? Wait, you know what would help? You know what You know would help here? A spreadsheet. Oh, no. <laughs> these oh, there was original. a spreadsheet of everything we've ever talked about. <laughs> These were your original rainy day podcasts that you had (laughs) done in advance for when you guys couldn't do an episode. So they're they're probably from the first year. (laughs) I think you're right. I don't know if we ever put some of these. I think some of these only went to Patreon. I don't think some of these even went to the the thing. That's so funny. But yes, we've done Operation Star. Here's the deal. I'm down to keep going. I don't care. Let's have some fun with it. 
Justin, what do you think? Well, uh, but why not? Because I know there's the one with like the tank jet motorcycle. Look, that's the only one I remember. That's the only one I remember. That's the only one I remember as well. Uh, But we've done five of these. We've actually done five of these. I think there's one that ends up basically in a wrestling match. Yes. That was, I want to say, uh, oh gosh, I don't even know which one. I want to say that one was Deathstone, though. I want to say that was the fifth one we did, but I could be completely wrong. Right. Ray. Those are the only two I remember, though. Pick up the wrestling book. (laughs) We want to switch over. No, we need need to do that as a crossover with AE Double Back, don't we? No, we don't. No, we don't? I mean, here's the deal. I'm, I'd like to keep going with Star Raider, at least to a conclusion, and then we can pick up the wrestling book. What do you think, Chan? That No. No. <laughs> I cannot take that. Option A, do you continue with this book? Or yeah. option B? Guys, here's the deal. There's three of you <laughs> out there. Yeah. Yeah. Want to roll through Operation Star Raider again? Or do we want to switch over to the champ of TV wrestling? Everyone's got to vote. Democracy. Finish this one out. Finish this one out. All we right, got one, one, vote for one that. to finish. I'm a bit of a completionist myself, so I'm going to say finish this one out. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll vote in favor of finishing out, even though Thank I really want to hear the wrestling one. No, well, here's the deal. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll book another one of these for a few weeks from now, and we'll we'll do this on like a Saturday afternoon, and we'll do the TV wrestling one next as a favor to Chan for suffering through this. I do feel like Chan is making plans to come to all of our houses and take back all of the swag we've been sent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what are we going to do? Are we going to do? Uh, oh yeah. Hold on. Cause I actually, I actually lost my page. <laughs> so are you going to write you up? You know ourselves? what would be great? Yes. What would be great? Tiny bookmarks. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> Didn't know how many. Tiny bookmarks are Chan's spreadsheet at this that point. It's the hill he will die on. He need, he demands tiny. Although, to be fair, just getting tiny bookmarks is probably a lot easier than listening to every single past episode of the podcast that we've recorded and doing a thorough uh, spreadsheet of all of them. Yeah, that's 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 the Lord's work right there. That's what I'll say. To hey, that. You don't have little post-it tabs on every page that you can go back to, like a, oh, a stage manager. That would require <laughs> planning. And uh, <laughs> don't worry about that. Okay, so are we going to write up ourselves, or are we going to signal ripcord to investigate? When you have the high ground, you use it. So I say let ripcord investigate. Okay. Oh, fair, okay. fair. Yeah, I'm I'm in favor of using the copter. I, I feel like we're gonna find out they're just setting up for the parade or something. I got you. Okay. And Justin, are you with me on that? We got two already, so it really doesn't yeah. matter what you say, but I'm gonna ask anyway. Pretend we live in a democracy. <laughs> yeah. but at the end of the day, you are Wyoming right now. <laughs> um that's fine. Let's move to page 11. Your eyes on the overpass ahead. You signal ripcord on your helmet radio. A few seconds later, he calls down his report. No sweat, wise guy. Just a bunch of engineers with surveying equipment. Out. You breathe a sigh of relief as the motorcade speeds under the overpass. The rest of the trip to the event is to the city is uneventful. Soon after, you are introducing Dr. Fitzsimmons and Franz to the mayor of New York. Thousands of people line the sidewalks as the parade day parade begins. A marching band starts up a Sousa march as you help the scientist into the back of a limo next to the grinning mayor. Just wave to the crowd and enjoy the parade, you tell Dr. F. We'll be with you all the way. 
The driver pulls the limo behind the gigantic flowered float that depicts the Statue of Liberty standing on top of the Empire State Building. Love it. You and the G.I. Joe team follow on your turbo cycles. This is a piece of cake, Blowtorch yells to you about halfway through the parade route. The crowd cheers and boos at the mayor's car slowly goes by. Ooh, commentary. You are about to agree with your teammate when all of a sudden everything starts to go wrong. Oh, no. Go to page 85. You hear a loud squeal of tires. The mayor's limo suddenly swerves to the right. Look out! That car's going right into the crowd, someone screams. People frantically leap out of the way. The limo driver into the shrieking, horrified crowd. Or the limo roars into the shrieking, horrified crowd. It crashes through a police barrier and keeps going down a side street. They're kidnapping Dr. Fitzsimmons, you scream to the others. You realize that the limo driver must be a Cobra agent. Let's go get him, you yell. But... You have to go slowly to get through the crowd of shocked onlookers. Several injured people are lying in the street and people are trying to help them. It takes forever to get your cycles through the tangle of people. And when you finally do, the limo is out of sight. Oh my God, no choices. Oh my God, okay. The limo seems to have slipped away from you guys, but I'm still tracking it. It's the voice of Ripcord coming through your helmet radio from the skycopter above. They're heading up Madison Avenue at about 50th Street, and they are moving. So you guys better get the let out. Over. You signal your fellow team members and throw your cycle into overdrive. Cars and taxis squeal out of your way as you blast your way up the avenue at full throttle. Soon, the limo comes into view a couple of blocks up ahead. You pull out your auto pistol. But there are too many people around and too many cars in the way to shoot at the escaping limo. And you certainly don't want to take the chance of hitting Dr. Fitzsimmons. They're headed to Central Park now. Nice day for a picnic, Ripcord reports. It won't be a picnic for them when we get there, you scream into the radio. What do they plan to do, Dr. Fitzsimmons, at Central Park? Will you get there in time? Keep turning the page. <laughs> you race up the park drive. I like plan B better. <laughs> You race up the park drive after the speeding limo. Joggers leap out of the way. We get it. The limo smashes through a wooden grandstand set up for a bike race and keeps right on going. It pulls right onto the sheep meadow, the large grassy area in the center of the park. Look over there, Spirit yells, a Cobra helicopter. The limo screeches to a sudden stop. The back door is shoved open. The mayor, carrying a pistol, forces Dr. F out of the car. The mayor is obviously an imposter, a Cobra agent in a very convincing disguise. The real mayor must be in Cobra's clutches right now. Your companions leap off their turbo cycles and raise their weapons. Hold your fire, you scream. You might hit Dr. F. You hear a loud roar overhead. An army skycopter is landing right next to you. I took the liberty of ordering up some transportation for you guys. You hear Ripcord say through the radio in your helmet, it could be time for a chase scene. Really? Wow. Ripcord may be right. You watch as the limo driver and the fake mayor shove Dr. F into the Cobra helicopter. Suddenly, the scientist dog leaps out of Dr. F's arms and scampers away. Franz, Franz, Dr. F cries. Turn to page 14. Yo, yo, I'm, that dog better be okay at we the end. A, we got a they better right find here. him. He better be living in, the, living the life of luxury. Otherwise, I'm going to come to your house and burn it down, Ray. Well, Gina, here we go. The Cobra agents ignore Fitzsimmons' plea to retrieve his dog. Okay. The helicopter door closes behind them, and the Cobra chopper lifts off the ground, kicking up a swirl of dirt. Suddenly, Airtight runs after the chopper. I'm going to hold on to the runner. I'll be waiting for him when they land. Airtight, you hot dog. 
You scream, pulling him back. I'll work out the strategy for this operation and holding onto a helicopter runner is not it. We got to get that dog back, Mutt yells. I got a feeling that dog's real important, wise guy. Let's let the rest of the team chase after him in the skycopter. We'll get the dog and then catch up. You've got to decide what to do fast. Should you forget about the dog and order all six of you to pursue the Cobra kidnappers? And also, Gina Ippolito has your addresses. <laughs> or is it possible that Mutt is right? Maybe Dr. Fitzsimmons brought the dog along for a reason. If so... You could let Spirit, Snake Eyes, Blowtorch, and Airtight follow the kidnappers in the Skycopter while you and Mutt go after the dog, put it open to the team, go after the dog, or forget about the dog and go after Cobra. You oh, my God. If, now I do think it's Dean Koontz who wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> if Blowtorch said that the dog might be important, I would buy it. But Mutt always thinks the dog's important. Every mission is like, yeah, but what about the dog? And you're like, it's a freaking oh, chihuahua. It's got nothing to do with this, man. What do you oh, wow. man. Anti-chihuahua hate going on from the Clark Chan residents today. Well, I will. Okay. The three of you in our, in our audience, you are the deciders. Are we going after the dog or going after Cobra? I vote dog. Yes. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go dog also, and dog plus, also. I mean, if Mutt's not part of the team that's going to rescue the scientist, is it really a big loss? That's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. All he's gonna do is get in the chopper to chase Cobra and start being mopey about Christmas. Yeah, to the so. chopper. Oh, uh, Justin, are you with us on this, or do you want to well, be the Ruth Bader Ginsburg here and voice your dissent? No. The choice is made. I just think to spare us all from Gina's wrath, I think we need to dog. <laughs> yeah, this fair. is this is the only correct answer. I think that's very, very fair, yes. <laughs> Go after the dog. Turn to page 28. Okay, Mutt, I must be out of my ever-loving mind, but let's go after the dog. You yell over the roar of a cobra chopper as it lifts away. The rest of you guys get going after that chopper. They run to the skycopter. A few seconds later, they lift off in pursuit of the kidnapped scientist. You and Mutt run across the sheep meadow, asking picnickers and sunbathers if they've seen a gray terrier. No one can remember seeing one. Then suddenly, TV's Gina Ippolito shows up holding the dog. What the H? No. Oh, then my God. Suddenly, it's like this book is Inception. It's incepting me. It's it's being written as we're talking about it. You know, that'd be amazing. <laughs> then suddenly you see the dog digging in the dirt in front of the metal fence. Quick, you cry to Mutt. If the dog gets under that fence and escapes into the trees, we'll never find him in the trees. Franz, Franz, Mutt calls gently. Don't worry, wise guy. I know how to talk to, do to dogs. Franz, here, Franz. The dog stops its frantic digging and turns around. Mutt keeps talking softly as he approaches. The dog stares back at him without moving. There, I've got you, boy. Mutt picks up the dog. The dog licks his face. Aww. You breathe a sigh of relief. Okay, Mutt, you get a soft assignment now. Take Franz back to the pit for safekeeping. I'm going after Dr. F now. Turn to page 50. Oh. Dr. F. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, uh, yeah, um, Arrested Development. A lot of it does not hold up. Oh, no. Just, Look, uh, if you can't laugh at uh, a really hot actress playing a mentally challenged adult. Yeah, that's not the dating word. Dating a man without her consent. Then I, what can you laugh at, sir? <laughs> oh, dear. Now, I've never seen Arrested Development, but that doesn't sound. Oh, good. what? I mean, it's a real funny show. It's great. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm a little shocked, Ray. Look. I don't have time for all your comedy. 
I have to rewatch the Fast and Furious franchise over and over and over again. <laughs> who and am I to throw? Listen. Who am I to throw shade about useless rewatches? <laughs> Thank you. Look, I got to spend all my time researching My Little Pony for the Who Would Win show. I don't have time. I'm in my in my DC universe rewatch. I am oh, now, Lord. which I never saw the first time, up to up to Justice League. So I will now watch both cuts. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm actually glad I didn't watch it the first time because now, now I don't have to rewatch both of them, but I'm going to start with the Whedon cut and go to the four hour monster Oof. cut. I, I got about five minutes into the four hour cut before giving up. I can say it out loud here on the show. Uh, there's a part where doomsday squeezes Superman and he lets out a massive fart. That's Spoiler so powerful. Alert. It's in the first five minutes of the movie, Gina. And it's so powerful that literally every person in the world experiences the vibrations of it. Like, and that's when I said, I, I think I'm, I'm either too drunk or not drunk enough to watch this. <laughs> Wait, and are I you not joking? Off. No, that's what happens. Yeah. Wait, come on. You're joking. Look, I, it's here's the, the bad guy squeezes Superman. <laughs> he squeezes Superman no, real, this is, real this hard. Ray's comprehension skills Look, again. I don't know that he farted, but when you squeeze somebody real tight and a vibration yeah. shockwave emits from them, exactly. that's a fart. That's this nothing is but Ray's, that's a fart. Ray's poor viewing comprehension skills and on full if, full display here. Look at the pictures of the faces of everybody as the vibration hits them. You can tell they <laughs> smell something that isn't very pleasant. God damn it, Ray. So, uh, Gina, when you get to this moment, you're, I'm going to get, again, this is to what we said earlier, a, a 2 a.m. message, text chain. Oh, my God, Ray, it was a giant fart. I, I will not. I will not concede that, sir. You, you, you will hide it. You will hide the truth just to I keep will, me wrong I in will your eyes. I will explain in, it improper. to you like you are a child and why you are wrong. Well, it wouldn't be any different than anything else at that point. Mr. F. <laughs> You climb into the chopper. Let's get going. You tell them the Cobra agents have a head start, but we'll catch up to them. You pull a small radio device from your pocket. I pull a transmitter and a microphone. I put a transmitter and microphone on Dr. F before he climbed into the limo. Smart. Wait, Let's I see. just want to interject that it just yes. looked like Justin was drinking a bunch of mustard for a second. <laughs> Justin, do you have any comments about mustard it's, gate? It's a Hufflepuff. Metal bottom. Nice, pile. nice. When I looked up, there were no markings on it, and all I saw was just a lot of yellow, a yellow container. Mm, no, if I had to Sean. guess, I would, I would think that uh, anybody drinking uh, mustard would be Hufflepuff. So <laughs> out. you know what? Yeah, I, that's true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, anyway. we put it. We put a tracker on it. They're heading north, but the mic isn't picking up anything. Maybe they're too far away. Ripcord guides the skycopter directly north. After a while, you're flying over thick forest near the New York-Vermont border. Hey, look down there. That's some hotel. That's some hotel. That's a phrase we have in this book. <laughs> Ripcord yells. That's some hotel. Yeah, that's some hotel. That's some hotel. That's oh, Ray, My line read is totally different. Comprehension is as poor as your viewing comprehension. Look, he farts. I'm just saying. You look down and see two sheer rock cliffs divided by a wide blue river. Standing on one cliff is a tall fortress of stone and steel. Trees grow almost to the edge of the other. You look at the readout from the tracking device. Cobra's got the doctor in that fortress. You say, I know Cobra had a hidden fortress up here, and this place is not going to be easy to crack. 
Where do you want to land, wise guy? We can't float around up here all day. We're likely to get blasted, Ripcord says, his eyes on the gray fortress below. You've got an important decision to make. Do you land on the side of the cliff the fortress is on, or do you land across the river on the side with the trees? Landing on the fortress side is easier than the trees, but on the other hand, the trees will give you cover in case Cobra is expecting you. So, team at home, do we land on the fortress side of the ravine or the trees side of the ravine? Cock the river and float it across. Pay a a Native American to float you across. Well, Spirit is part of the team, and he has, if I'm true, to remember the opening pages here. I'm also 900% sure they didn't use the term Native American in the original Oregon Trail. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. They did not. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, While Brian and Justin think, I I just want to point something out. Did they not have the rights to name actual G.I. Joe vehicles? Because they keep calling it a skycopter. Good question. One, that seems a little redundant. Two, there was never a G.I. Joe vehicle called a skycopter that I remember. You had the dragonfly at this point, if I remember right, with Wild Bill. Yeah, you had the dragonfly and you had the fang on the cobra side. The tomahawk came around a little bit later with lift ticket, I believe, as the pilot. Correct. Um, but that was, I think, a little bit after 1985. So yeah, that's a good question. I guess maybe they just didn't have it fully planned out at that point, and this was written <laughs> sort of before we had the the naming for it. Goes. That's a great question, though. It's a great question. Um, but team, we got to make a decision here. Are we going to land on the fortress side, or are we going to land on the river side, or the forest side? Forest Not- side. Forest side. Okay, we have one more forest side. Why do you think forest side? Cover. Cover. Okay. Fair. Uh, Channing, Brian, do you have any uh, opinions on this? Um, I'll, I'll go with Fortress side because fortress less side. walking. Stop fighting, you two. <laughs> <laughs> now you took the lazy approach. I like the Fortress yes. side because there's less walking. Okay. That makes sense. So, Channing, this does put it in your hands. I'm going to go forest side, too. Let's do a little subterfuge, a little camouflage. When this goes badly, Brian's going to be able to really talk some smack to you guys. Here we go. We're going forest side. I'm getting a radio message from our other skycopter. Ripcord tells you, come in. Can you tell us your exact location? He listens for a few seconds, then turns to you. They've landed safely on the forest side. They're waiting for instructions before they proceed against the forest fortress. Okay, glad they made it, you say. Bring her down on the forest side, Ripcord. The trees are awfully thick down there, wise guy. It's real risky. Maybe I should land on the bare spot at the edge of the cliff. You must quickly decide. Are you going to land it in the trees or on the edge of the cliff? Let's hear it. Trees. Trees. So you say just land right on top of the trees. Okay. That's fair. We are the forest side of things. Uh, Brian, Channing, any any add-ins? I'll just say that landing helicopters is very difficult. And my dad was fortunate enough to, to survive crashing in one. So oh my goodness. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll vote for the cliff. <laughs> Going cliffside, so okay, once again, you two just can't seem to get on the same page. Oh, the fights. Channing, you have to be our, our tiebreaker here. Split well, decision after split decision. Where are we going? being equal, Justin got my last vote, so I feel as though Brian should get this vote. Because that's I how mean, democracy works, right? It is. You just vote for the opposite party every four years, regardless of what's at yeah. stake or who's yeah. there. And that's how we achieve true balance in a better country. Yes. <laughs> 
you know what? I'll go with it. So we're going, uh, what'd you say on the edge of the cliff? Is that where we're going? Okay. Edge of the cliff. Why do I feel like this is about to go badly? Ripcord slowly brings the skycopter down on the clear spot at the edge of the cliff. Will the guns of Cobra Fortress blast you out of the sky as you land in plain view of the Cobra stronghold? No. You land without any weapons being fired at you. As you land, you and your skycopter are blasted to smithereens. Cobra had mined the entire edge of the cliff area just in case someone like you would try a landing as daring and reckless as yours. The end. Wow. Wow. So let's go back and try the trees. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, let's do my idea. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> That's right, you two. What I are was, you thinking? I was. I did not expect that. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Uh, it felt it felt it felt a little rough, but you know, landing in the trees also feels rough. So this is just which bad decision would you like to support today? This is like this is like me playing Mass Effect right now, Gina Ippolito. Uh, it's just and like that. I was playing last night, and I had a very impossible situation I had to defuse that pretty much ended in everyone getting shot. I don't feel good when it was over, but I did retain peace in our time. Look, did you not listen, hear me when I said I've got six hours worth of Justice League to watch? See, I did. And that's why I bring up the fact that you're not playing Mass Effect once again. <laughs> anyway, bring her down in the trees, Ripcord. You decide it'll be completely out in the open on the cliff edge. All righty, going down, he replies. The trees loom large beneath you as you descend. The branches are so thick, you can't see the forest floor. Down, down. It seems to take forever. Will you crash in the branches? You hold your breath. There's a narrow path between the trees, Ripcord announces. He lands the skycopter safely on the path. No applause, please, he says, grinning. Just throw money. You both leap out of the chopper, glad to be on solid ground. Blowtorch, spirit, snake eyes, and airtight come running out from the cover of the trees to greet you. They got Dr. F of the fortress over there, Blowtorch informs you. I know. I put a tracer on him back in New York. You say, fiddling with the radio device. I also put a long-distance bug on him. But so far, it's been malfunctioning. You jiggle it a few times and listen. Wait a minute. I think I'm getting something. You can hear Dr. Fitzsimmons' voice from inside the Cobra Fortress. And who is the other voice? The voice questioning Dr. F. Yes, yes, it's Cobra Commander himself. <gasps> Their voices are coming in clearly now. This is what you hear. Good eye, Mike. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> I don't have the plans with me. I'm a busy man, doctor. I don't have time to listen to such lies. <laughs> you can search me. I'm not lying. You will not find any plans on me. I'm not going to search you. I'm going to persuade you to tell me the truth. I have some hungry wolves outside, doctor. You are about to make their acquaintance. I believe they will make you change your story. Storm Shadow, please accompany our guest to the place of honor outside our fortress. They're going to torture Dr. Fitzsimmons, you inform your team. We've got to get over there fast. Do, 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 do. <sighs> Using the trees as cover, you make your way as close to the cliff edge as you can without being seen as you watch as Storm Shadow, Cobra Commander's notorious ninja bodyguard, drags Dr. F to the edge of the opposite cliff and ties him to a pole. Then four snarling wolves are brought out on chain leashes. The wolves begin to circle Dr. Fitzsimmons. How will you rescue him, you think of two strategies. One, Snake Eyes, who has his own pet wolf, seems to have a rapport with wolves. Perhaps he can use a rocket pack to fly over to the other cliff and quiet the wolves. The rest of you can then cover him and attack the fortress. Then Snake Eyes, with his ninja training, can deal with Storm Shadow 
if he has to. Or two, go back up to the skycopters and put on the hang glider stored there. Hang glide down on Cobra's holding Dr. F, blasting away with every weapon you have. Strategy one, snake eyes handle it for everybody. Uh, strategy two, let's get some hang gliders. Okay, team, we're asking you now. Snake eyes handle everything or hang gliders? I don't feel good about this whole snake eyes thing because like, oh, yeah, he has a wolf. So obviously he has a rapport with wolves is like, like, uh, oh, yeah, I have a gay friend. I I know the gays. Dan, everyone who owns a wolf, they all know each other. Yeah, I was going to say this is like guys who are over seven foot two in the United States. They're all in the NBA. They all hang out together at any given time. Like this is a club, Chan. But earlier, I would also point out that Mutt owns a dog and he was good with the dog. So we have prior precedent set, but I will leave it up to the panel. First of all, I I just want to say, um, Ray, I hope you saved that read because you have a future as a voice actor. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, I was waiting for you to follow up with, that's not a nuclear missile shield. (laughs) I wish you would have written it. This is a nuclear missile shield. I was really waiting for it. Can I tell you, I've been watching a lot of Bluey lately, and so (laughs) really, it's it's helped me kind of perfect my Australian accent. Yep. That checks out. I will say that Ray's Australian accent is better than Wolverine's from Kitty Pride and the X-Men. Okay. Australian okay. accent. I like it. I like it. Here's the deal. Uh, oh, it's one of the nicest things that's ever been said about me. <laughs> I try. <laughs> uh, Brian, what do you have to add here? I, th- I don't think Snake Eyes will let us down. I mean, he's always been one of the most capable people on the team, and he's obviously got history with Storm Shadow. So I, I say we bet on Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes? Okay. Uh, do you guys have any problem with that, or do we want to vote against him? No, I see Channing saying yeah, no. I'll go Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. Okay. Justin, we on board? I mean, I'm very tempted by hang gliders, sure. as <laughs> always, but logically, we should go with Snake Eyes. I, th- I think I agree with that 100%, especially in this book. <laughs> uh, snake uh, eye straps yes go ahead sorry i was just gonna say i will say the idea of blowtorch on a hang glider using a flamethrower oh boy <laughs> he'd set himself on fire exactly i do find that intriguing but yeah i'm, I'm gonna go with um yeah stick with snake snake eyes okay Snake Eyes straps on his rocket pack and checks his machine gun. He's ready to face the four wolves that circle Dr. Fitzsimmons and the Cobras who look on gleefully. We'll cover you, Snake Eyes, you say. You and the others check your weapons. Blowtorch is still carrying his flamethrower. There you go. Airtight pulls out some sniper rifles from the skycopter, then disappears back into the skycopter. All right, thanks, Dick. But you have no time to worry about Airtight. You watch as Snake Eyes activates his rocket pack and flies straight up into the air. Oh, got a new picture. This is Snake Eyes and some wolves. And you guys can see that. Oh. Did they not mention that huge ass jetpack at any point previous? <laughs> uh, no, but don't worry about that. Uh, he just put it on. He just put it on, Chan. Where was he? Ca- He's a ninja. It was in the skycopter, I believe. That's just where we keep all the stuff. <laughs> Begin firing, you yell. You've got to start shooting at the Cobras to protect Snake Eyes as he flies over to the other cliff. Wait, airtight yells, running out with a rocket pack strapped to his back. I ain't afraid of those big doggies. I'm going to. He activates his rocket pack and flies up into the air. You crazy fool, Blowtorch screams. You almost got caught in our fire, but airtight can't hear him. 
He's right behind Snake Eyes now. They both land on the other side. You continue firing to protect them. One Cobra soldier screams in pain as your machine gun fire finds its target. Whoa! Damn. We shot a dude. Whoa. This is brutal. Mm-hmm. Another drops to the ground. Storm Shadow has disappeared inside the fortress, and the other Cobras are beating a hasty retreat after him. Airtight gets off a few shots, but they escape. The wolves howl, frightened by the weapon fire. Snake Eyes walks right up to them, and they snarl, menacing at him. They prepare to attack when... Turn the purge. Snake Eyes moves quietly towards the wolves. You can see him gesture slowly. They stop snarling. They stare at him in silence as he continues to approach. His movements are as graceful as a dancer's. And to your amazement, the wolves begin to back away from Dr. Fitzsimmons. We have a pattern in this book. I'm going in after Cobra Commander, Airtight yells. No, wait, you scream. We're outnumbered. Cobra Commander will have to wait until another time. Grab Dr. F. Get back over here. Is that an order or what? airtight yells back should you let airtight go in after cobra commander or stop him and have him help snake eyes rescue dr fitzsimmons you must decide quickly cobra reinforcements are on their way out of the fortress do you let airtight go in or do you stop him i shoot airtight because he's become (laughs) a liability (laughs) seriously (laughs) yeah he's one of my favorite characters in all of gi joe and he is straight up pissing me off right now uh brian justin what do you think I think catching Cobra Commander's too big of a fish to happen at this point. I, yeah. So I think that's fair. I mean, here's the deal. Do we really think in book one of Find Your Fate we're gonna catch Cobra Commander? No. Uh, I'm not trying to editorialize or tell you guys which way to go, but it seems obvious, right? Hey, maybe that's why we've never caught him before. Oh, because shit. we didn't believe in ourselves. Oh shit. Okay, here's the deal. Um, uh, y'all make the decision right now. Do we let Airtight <laughs> go in or do we stop him? I'm going with stop him, stop although him. apparently Gina thinks that Airtight's going to go in and throw mustard <laughs> gas at Cobra Commander and capture him. <laughs> Guys, here's the deal, because I just looked ahead. This is if we, if Gina had her way and we let Airtight go in. Airtight doesn't wait for a reply. As foolhardy <laughs> as ever, he rushes into the fortress where the reinforcements, might I add, they already said we're already coming out of. He is met by a barrage of rifle fire. He cries out, then falls, still firing his pistol. Snake Eyes has untied Dr. Fitzsimmons. He turns towards the fortress and sees a squad of Cobras burst out, stepping over their fallen airtight. They are firing automatic rifles. The Cobra weapons are accurate and deadly. Snake Eyes and Dr. Fitzsimmons don't stand a chance, and neither do you and the rest of the Joe team. Your adventure ends in a blaze of rifle fire, in cries of agony and defeat, in a flash of blinding scarlet in an all-encompassing darkness. Holy Sounds, sounds pretty dope. Sounds pretty dope. Oh, I, I should have mentioned here. Before Airtight rushes in, you put on your finest suit. <laughs> yeah, Gina, that's why you don't go after Cobra Commander. Look, Let's I, do it, stop I do what I want. I do what I want. I mean, don't we know it? Airtight, that's an order, you scream. Get Dr. F and get out of there. A unit of Cobra soldiers comes running out of the fortress, their rifles blazing. Airtight spins and fires back at the mistake eye, struggles to untie Dr. Fitzsimmons. Then, Airtight reaches into his pocket and pulls out a small object. He lights it with a match and he throws it at the ground. It shoots sparks in all directions. It's a firecracker, a cherry bomb, in fact. 
the sparks spook the wolves who spring forward and leap at the Cobra soldiers who cry out in surprise. As the Cobras fight off their own wolves, Snake Eyes pulls Dr. Fitzsimmons away from the pole. Up, up, and away, Airtight says quietly, oops, as he grabs the scientist. He then pushes the button to activate his rocket pack. Can he carry the scientist back to safety? <sighs> Airtight catches this, carries the scientist under one arm as his rocket pack blasts him up into the air. You keep a cover of rifle fire, and Snake Eyes continues to blast away at the Cobras with his machine gun. Made it, Airtight yells as he lands right in front of you. This way, Doctor, you yell as you hurry towards the Skycopter. Snake Eyes, get over here. What are you, Scorpion? That's interesting. Snake Eyes activates his rocket pack and flies over to your side of the cliff, bullets whizzing by his head. He ducks down low and runs into the Skycopter. I might point out here, G.I. Joe uses lasers. We keep referencing bullets here, which also tells me maybe a little bit these two worlds are not quite as uh, interconnected yet at this point when this book was written. Just saying. You close the hatch and lift off. The rocket launchers that line the Cobra Fortress come alive. They're throwing everything they've got at you now. But miraculously, both of your skycopters escape their fire. Go to page 80. Mission accomplished, Ripcord calls from his pilot seat. I'm not so sure, Dr. Fitzsimmons says, still shaken from his narrow escape. What if we would have listened to Gina Ippolito? What the fuck? Whoa. No, he I'm, says, my, my dog, where is my is dog? Also, is, this John, is Jonathan Majors uh, uh, writing? He knows what's been written, so he's been writing me into the G.I. Joe Find Your Fate books. That is correct. Yes, we're we're apparently all variants at this point, mm-hmm. and um, we're in the 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 Gina Ippolito timeline right now. I think we can all agree. I'm in favor of it. Yeah, safe and sound at G.I. Joe headquarters. You tell him, woof. Dr. F smiles. I hit the plans for the Star Raider on Franz. Rescuing Franz was a lot more important than rescuing me. You are either very smart or very lucky. Eh, we're a little of both, you say. As I said, mission accomplished, Ripcord repeats. And now everybody smiles. The end. Guys, we did it. We did it. We finished Operation Star Raider for a second time. I'm not sure if that's the same way we went last time. It felt good. It felt right. But here's the deal. I don't care. This is the new canon for Operation Star Raider and the previous one, non-canonical. Not, it's, it is not in canon with the show. You <laughs> see it. It's bullshit. It does not exist. No, that's not true. That's not true. Why hide all those Easter eggs then if you're then all of a sudden going to say it's not canon? It's knowing legends is what it is. Knowing legends. <laughs> it's fan fiction of fan fiction. Thank you, Chan. That's what I was thinking. Agents yeah. of knowing. <laughs> Agents of knowing. So am I the only one who thought when Airtight reached in his pocket, he really was going to pull out like a nerve gas canister or something? <laughs> oh, I, yep. yeah, I, I sort of thought we were going to napalm Cobra Base, to be fair. Yeah, it was bad. I hoped. I hoped. You hoped. Oh, my God. Also, where's Baroness? You know, maybe she's in the other side of things. Maybe she's if we go to the, the cabin in the woods. I don't know. But uh, where's Roadblock? Where are half these people? What is happening in this picture? I mean, I look at it more. Plot twist. More yeah, plot Baroness twist. and Roadblock are together. Oh, bro. Oh. Okay, here's the deal. New new canon. <laughs> yeah, Although, the thing for bald guys. I mean, to be fair, we don't know that doesn't happen in uh, G.I. Joe Origin Snake Eyes movie, which has not yet come out as of this recording. So, but I'm sure Roadblock is going to have a hell of a time finding words that rhyme with Baroness. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, come on. Jan got Fairness. anything? Yep. Figured Jan would be on it. <laughs> Awareness. <laughs> uh, bare ass. I think you could work that in somewhere. Bare ass. Yes. I don't think you guys know big, how big rhyming works. I don't think you guys know you how rhyming barrenness. Oh, my Kareness. I will talk to the manager of my heart. No. <laughs> Doesn't hold up. I actually like that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank, we need Channing Sherman permanently on the show. I need somebody who's got my back in these things. He's our he's our Andy Richter. That is correct. <laughs> oh my! Is uh, Ed McMahon no longer the reference that the kids use for that? Is that no? No. They, they still use Paul Schaefer somehow. I don't know how that exactly works, hmm, but fair enough. Weirdly, weirdly. <laughs> Anyway, that is G.I. Joe Operation Star Raider for the second time. For the second, we bring you this great content again. Because when you pay $25 for a G.I. Joe Find Your Fate book, you want more than one use out of it. God damn it. You you did get your money's worth now. See, now I don't feel ripped off. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to go back now and listen to some of these other episodes because I don't remember doing any of them except for Operation Weapons Disaster and something about wrestling. But we've done five, now six, technically five, of these of these books. And uh, maybe it's just because they're in the Patreon uh, pay. I don't know. But uh, uh, I, I, my memory is poor of these. And I really wish it was better because these books are, quite frankly, amazing. Maybe it's because when you experience trauma, your brain tries to block it out. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. <laughs> and instead of saying you're doing it for the second time, just say this is the director's cut. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. It's the yep. Snyder cut. This is Zack Snyder's wow. Operation Star Raider. Thank you. Thank you. And it weirdly <laughs> enough ended with Roadblock getting hugged and farting really, really loudly. God damn it. I'm I'm literally going to, as soon as this is done, I'm going to watch it and then I'm going to ridicule, ridicule you mercilessly. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be like, oh, I can kind of see it. You I know, want to ridicule him, but no. Yeah, sorry, Justin, go ahead. It's not a terrible interpretation of what happens to that scene. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's Thank like you. it's his death scream, but it might as well be a fart. Yeah. Don't 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 humor him. Don't humor him. <laughs> you know, you know where my death scream's gonna come from, Gina Ippolito? My butt. <laughs> That's where all of your screams come from. I mean, it's true. It is a veritable house of horrors here at any given time. <laughs> I think we're finding out why Ray likes to have um, guests on the show because he has people <laughs> who back him up and who validate him. Thank you. Just I, that just, is I don't smart need everybody. Move. I just need somebody to uh, to to move slightly as I'm talking, and that's all I need because I'm used to a lot of stone face from Chan, a lot of stone face from Gina, and they're just going to stare at me and then continue the show, much like they're doing right now. <laughs> Anyway, that's Operation Star Raider. Thank you to our, our Patreon guests, uh, Channing Sherman, Brian Rapp, Justin Campbell. Uh, thank you for coming by and being a part of it. We will be doing this again. For the sake of Robert Clark Chan, we will be doing, and Justin, <laughs> you didn't see this earlier, but the champ of TV wrestling, the uh, Which Way Wrestling book written by uh, Barbara Siegel and Scott Siegel, two people who know literally nothing about professional wrestling whatsoever. And um, I guarantee in a few weeks, I want to try to do this uh, sooner rather than later. I would like to do <laughs> a TV champ of wrestling for the show. Why not? Let's have some fun with it. 
maybe a crossover with AE double back, except Chan has already told me basically in so many words, he does not want to ruin his friendship with those two people <laughs> by bringing them on to this. Is that, is that, is that a fair interpretation, Chan? Yes, it is as, as fair <laughs> as Superman farting around the world. He's a big fart, man. You'll see it, Gina. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Anyway, I'm about to. If you'd like to come be a part of our next one, because you feel sad about missing this, you could always go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast, literally anything at all, <laughs> any Patreon uh, patronage will get you the access to the codes and the zooms and the things to do. Find your fate books with us and any other live shows we're going to do in the future. I'd like to do more because the people are fun to be around uh, much more so than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I would like to be coughed on by someone who has COVID. So that's <laughs> it's a win-win all around. I mean, when I say live shows, Chad, I meant live shows through Zoom, not not in-person live shows. That'd be weird. I don't know that you people aren't still transmitting that shit to me. What through the I'm microphone? Vaccinated. My- Feel, you can cough on me. I don't care. I got vaccinated, so I might be five Ging you right now. That's true. <laughs> Anyway, you can find the show on facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Of course, hit us up on Twitter at G.I. Joe podcast. But of course, tag all three of us and at <laughs> G.I. Joe podcast. If you would like to actually get it through and have all of us see it. <laughs> Otherwise, individually, you can find me at Almighty Ray at 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And this has been a heck of a lot of fun, despite the fact it started with a terrible mistake premise on my part. Doesn't <laughs> matter. We had a good time. This is live in the feed. And this is Knowing is Half the Podcast. We'll see you next time for more cartoons programming. Oh, really what went a, out with a bang there. What a, what a bummer. Hey, you. No, 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 no. Don't look over here. Keep your eyes on the road. Got something for you. Take a listen to this. In the newest Pokemon, they have Score Bunny, which is a starter. What? Yes. Score Score Bunny? So it's, it's a fire bunny that plays soccer. He kicks balls. He scores. Great. Score, like Scorch, I think. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Like goal. <laughs> like Score Bunny. Rad. There's Score Bunny who uses his mad soccer skills to steal, I think like donuts or something like that. How does he use his soccer skills to steal donuts? He kicks it. Oh, yummy. The best part is though, Scorebunny wants to go and follow Ash and go on big adventures. Oh my God, Ash is still the main character of the anime? Yes, where have you been? Yeah, so Ash is like, I'm getting on the train. I'm leaving, Scorebunny. And Scorebunny's like- Is it because he's 80 years old? That's why he sounds like that? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing makes donuts taste better than a foot coming in contact with them. (laughs) If you like what you heard and love co-op with your friends, check out Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast.